Listen up, real estate investors, entrepreneurs, and agents. You're in the right place. Unlocking the secrets to real estate investing and entrepreneurship. Welcome to the Titanium Vault, hosted by RJ Bates III. Here's RJ. Hello and welcome to the Titanium Vault. I'm your host, RJ Bates. Today I'm humbled and extremely excited for everybody because we have an incredible guest with us today, uh, Mr. Brad Summerup. Brad, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, RJ. How are you, man? I'm glad and to be fan- on today. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, today is a, an exciting day for the Titanium Vault. Um, you have done some incredible things. Uh, for the people that don't know you, just going to read a couple of uh, benchmarks or, or milestones that you've hit from the bio that you sent over. Um, Brad has owned over 3,700 apartment units um, as an individual syndicator and a passive investor. And then uh, just this year alone in 2018, Brad students have purchased over $500 million in apartments nationwide. And that is, uh, that is amazing. Congratulations on that. Well, thank you. And that's a huge accomplishment. I mean, I, you know, our program has been around now and, and this is year number six. And like, you know, if someone would have told me in six years, you, you'd be helping people buy a half a billion in apartments all over the country. I'm not sure I would have believed it. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm so I'm so excited about that. Yeah. So let, let's go back to the beginning. I, I think it's so important for people to understand, like, you know, how was that success achieved? You know, how did you get your start in, in real estate investing? Did it automatically go into multifamily or did you ever start in single family at all? Well, you know, my first investment ever was a 32 unit apartment building. So it was not a single family home. I didn't, you know, flip a house or whatever. And how this all happened was, you know, like so many people, I went to college, you know, my parents never finished college. They taught me to study hard and get good grades and go to college. And I did all that. And my dad, you know, finished three years of engineering school and his boss was an engineer. So they encouraged me to, you know, get my degree. I was good at math and science. So I became an engineer. And as soon as I became an engineer and graduated college, they started talking about retirement and 401ks and all this stuff. And I'm thinking, man, when does life get fun? You know, like when am I supposed to enjoy my life? And, you know, fast forward a few years, I wanted to move up in the company. I got an MBA and I over, you know, the short story is I spent 17 years in corporate America, five different companies, laid off once, fired once never really made it to the C-level position and actually thought about going to law school. And it wasn't until I picked up the Rich Dad, Poor Dad book, which, you know, changed my life and the life of millions and millions of other people. That book really gave me the aha moment that I needed to get on a different path and look at uh, doing real estate. So that's kind of how I got the idea to be a real estate investor. And then when Robert Kiyosaki talks about you know, retirement and passive, you know, getting out of the rat race. And he's got a whole game, the cash flow game, right? Where you try to get out of the rat race and replace your, you know, your job income with your investment income. Right. And so my investment income was like 10 grand a month. And I just felt like it would take me too long to do it one house at a time. And so I decided 
back in 2002, uh, which was 16 years ago, I decided to go straight into multifamily investing. Gotcha. So the first deal you ever take down is a 32 unit multifamily. You know, how for, for the people that are listening, how did you accomplish that? Because I, you know, I, that's incredible. And I think there's a lot of people out there that look at that and say, well, I, I could never do that because I don't have the finances to do that. Or I don't have the understanding. How were you able to accomplish that? Well, there's a couple of things, you know, and I, you know, these are things that I teach, you know, the, the, the simple basic steps. So the first thing is I worked as an engineer and then in uh, commercial, uh, you know, sales and marketing and account management after getting my MBA. So I worked for 17 years and I saved my money. You know, I was one of those kids and, and young men that lived below my means and, you know, saved money for retirement. So from the time I was 22 until the time I was 35, I actually saved enough money to make a down payment on a property. Okay. Gotcha. So I never did like a no money down type of deal. So the deal I bought was, you know, just under a million dollars and I put 20% down and I got a, a full recourse loan for, you know, 80% of the purchase price. Now, you know, a lot of people hear that and they're like, well, Brad, I don't have, you know, 200,000 or whatever to, to, to buy a deal. Right. And my answer there is, well, that's why you might want to look at syndicating a deal, which, you know, my my third deal was I syndicated the 250 unit deal. So, you know, the first deal I did was 200,000 out of my own pocket. The, 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 the good thing about that is, you know, I don't have investors. I don't have to understand the SEC and raising capital. The bad thing is you run out of money. You know, I don't <laughs> exactly. have any more money to do deal number two. So that's why syndicating deals is so powerful. Yeah. So I, how did you learn how to syndicate a deal? Did you go to trading yourself? Is that something you read in books? Did you just YouTube and Google it? Or how did you figure out how to syndicate a deal? Well, here's the thing too. You know, the answer is I went to a seminar and I hired a mentor. Yep. And, you know, for somebody to say, oh, you know, that's a waste of time. Everything you need is on, you know, Google and the internet or, you know, blogs and Facebook groups. It, it, the, the reality is there is a lot of information out there for free, but there's also a lot of misinformation. And some of these are like the blind leading the blind. And I see people making posts about like, hey, you know, here's my situation and what do you think I should do? And there's 120 comments and I read these things sometimes and just shake my head because some of the people <laughs> commenting on it, you know, truthfully, they're they're not experienced and they're not, you know, they haven't been through that situation before and they're just giving their opinions, but opinions are worth a dime a dozen. So there is a lot of free information out there, RJ, but the thing is there's nothing like having an experienced person to be on your team when, you know, shit hits the fan and you need to call somebody or, you, you know, to have somebody review your underwriting Absolutely. and walk you through the steps. And they're not guessing. They're actually saying, hey, man, like I've done this so many times that I could walk you through this step by step by step. And that's how I started. And, and now that's part of our business as well. So we, you know, invest in apartments and offer also offer that that type of uh, assistance for people. Right. And the, and the other thing about it is, is, you know, I've, 
I've gotten a ton of information just from my own due diligence and asking around, but when you have that mentor or you're a part of a, a quote-unquote mastermind where there's a, a bunch of people that become a family together, it's not only the information that you receive from that mentor, but also their connections and the vendors that they use and the other resources that over the course of their career that they have already built up and they've already vetted out and they've used successfully that they kind of pass along that information. Uh, don't you also feel like that's a, a huge benefit to having a mentor like yourself or someone else that can help you in when you're trying to get started in this business? Sure. It's not merely information or even, you know, there's the information part, there's the handholding part, there's the networking part. It's all about leveraging, you know, an experienced team in this business. Yeah. So, you know, to try to go out and buy, whether it's a 32 unit or a hundred unit or a 200 unit without having an experienced team, you know, I would just say, well, good luck. I mean, and you know, it's, it's, um, it's, it's certainly not a wise decision and you're probably going to make mistakes and maybe, you know, not optimize you, the performance of your deal and maybe even worse. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's really important to use experienced lenders, experienced attorneys, experienced management companies that are running the same types of asset that, that you want to buy. You know, get to know the brokers in the market that you want to buy. Right. And it's, you know, we, we, we call it, you know, quote, and I'm moving my fingers up and down a good old boy network, <laughs> but it's not for boys. It's for everybody. You know, it's, it's so ladies out there, this, this is for you too. And we have just as many or more successful lady apartment investors and syndicators as we do men. So I don't mean to call it a good old boy network, but I think everybody understands the gist of what I'm saying. It's, it's, it's all about not just what you know, but also who you know. And that's key, especially too, like when there's a competitive market yep. and there's multiple people bidding on the same deal, they're not just looking at pricing terms. They're looking at, hey, do we know this buyer? And does the buyer have a track record? And do we know the lender this buyer is using? And do we know the due diligence company they're going to use? Because they want to make sure that the deal closes and, and the buyer performs. And so that's going to be key is that you're surrounding yourself with people that are well known in the marketplace. Right. So let's let's fast forward on your story. You know, you've done a couple of deals. At that point in time, how, how long did you just maintain being a multifamily investor before you kind of moved into the, the coaching realm as well? Well, it took me about three years. So what what happened, the way it went with me is, you know, I started with my first 32 unit deal back in 02. And by 2005, I was able to replace my W-2 income with investment income. And then I actually sold those deals and made over a million dollars in profit. And that's when I had the confidence to, and by the way, I never made a million dollars in profit in 17 years in corporate America. I mean, net worth was you know, I don't know if it was a million dollars or not, but it wasn't, right. you know, I wasn't a multimillionaire, put it this way, after 17 years of corporate America. Um, but after three years of investing in apartments, I had doubled my net worth. I made over a million dollars just from two small, you know, 30 unit deals. And that's when I quit my job because I knew at that point 
that I had a skill set that can never be taken away from me and that would only get better and I could do, you know, more deals. So in 2005, and I think it was the end of 05 when I, when I quit my job and already retired myself. So I was my first client that I retired. And that's one of the things I also learned about mentoring is before you could help other people, you really should help yourself. And if you want to call yourself a wealth mentor or a coach or, you know, a real estate expert, I think the first person that you should prove to the world that you were able to help is yourself and your own family. And, you know, so I, I was able to retire myself, replace a six figure income. And only then did I start helping other people with their uh, multifamily investments as a I, consultant. I love that, though. You, you know, you have to help yourself before you can help others. Uh, that kind of goes back to the, the airplane, you know, uh, story where, you know, if the airplane starts to go down and the oxygen mass fall down, you have to put on your mask first before you can help someone else. Because if you pass out, then you can't help the other person. And it's the same thing in this. You know, you have to make sure that you understand the business completely. And like you said, replace your, your six-figure income that you had in corporate America and you were able to retire yourself. And then you were able to help other people. So I think there's a, a lot of wisdom in that statement there. Um, you know, when you were... When you left that job and you became a, a full-time real estate investor at that point in time, how much of an increase did you see in your productivity compared to when you were working the full-time corporate America job? Because I think there's a lot of listeners that we have that are kind of right now in that position of, I don't know if I should actually quit my job where I'm making those six figures or a decent salary. It's so enticing to have that guaranteed income, but what did that do to your productivity? Well, this answer may surprise you, but I have never been a full-time investor. Um, not, I'm not a full-time investor now, and I wasn't a full-time investor you know, after I quit my job because I started, see here, here's the, you know, I don't want to say the secret, but I've always leveraged an experienced team. And right. for me, that included you know, investors, management companies. So I've never been my own management company. You know, not for my 32 unit, not for my 250 unit, you know, not when I first had a thousand units. So I, I've always outsourced that. So when I quit my job, I started, you know, mentoring other people. And that essentially became my job, if you think about it, you know, and investing was still something I did part time. And fast forward to today. You know, if you want to say, what is my job? You know, we run a multi-million dollar multifamily education and consulting business. And yes, I still invest in apartments, but I still leverage other people. And I, I, I find strong operating partners, many of whom are people that I've personally trained and some are not. But, you know, I've gone out and found people that I partner with. So like in the last two years, I bought over 1600 doors as a managing partner, but I'm not the guy doing all the work, you know, so that that affords me the time to spend, you know, I spend 40 to 50 hours a week, or probably more, you know, uh, working on my business, which is the education and, and consulting business. So I, I have never really been a full time investor. Now, I know some people that have and they've been able to accomplish, you know, phenomenal things. I mean, I've done about four thousand 
units in 16 years. And I know people that have done 4,000 units in four years because they built, you know, their focus wasn't education. It was on buying, you know, as many uh, apartment units as they can. Gotcha. So I, you're, and I, I hope I'm not forgetting somebody, but I think you're the third guest I've had on the Titanium Vault that mainly focuses on multifamily. I've had Tim Brotz and I've had Corey Peterson. And the, the three similarities or the, the similarities that I see between the three of y'all is that y'all are very strong in leveraging other people's talents, including using other people's money. I, I know this is probably part of your training program, so I'm not going to ask you to, to share too much, but this can also translate into the people that are just in single family investments. What are some key tips that you have for on how you can raise and use other people's money? Well, the first thing is, is just one thing to, to make sure all the people listening, you don't have to have all the money. So let's just say, you know, you want to buy a $5 million apartment building. Well, you know, I'm just going to round numbers. You know, you need 20%, 20 to 25% down. So that's a million down. And then you need to get a $4 million loan, assuming 20% down, you know, it might be more than that. But so there's not a lot of people that just have a million dollars. And so that's why so many people initially, until they hear me speak, they're like, well, I don't think I could do apartments or I'm going to play small and go after that four unit or six unit and do owner financing and no money down and all that type of stuff. But the, the best financing is going to be on a commercial loan where you could get non-recourse and fixed rates for, you know, <clears throat> up to 12 years. And so the, there's a lot of advantages to going with a, a conventional, you know, commercial loan. You know, the challenge is qualifying for it. So, you know, to get the debt, the rule of thumb is to get a $4 million loan, you need a $4 million or more net worth. And so again, you don't have to have all the net worth yourself. Imagine now if you could find three or four or five other people where you go to the lender together and they're not just looking at your financial statement, RJ, they're looking at you and, and three or four others that are going to be on that loan and they're going to look at your combined net worth, combined liquidity. So this is how we get qualified for larger loans. And then on the equity side, it's the same concept. You don't need to have the a million dollars all in your bank account. Imagine if you could find 20 people, and this is just an example, where you could find 20 people with 50,000 each, and then you pool your money together, and there's your million dollar down payment. So that's that's kind of the model. It's not kind of the model, it's exactly or pretty close to the model that I teach and that I do myself. Now, where do you find those investors? Well, you don't find them at gas stations and Starbucks, <laughs> and you don't have to do network marketing parties and goad your friends and family to coming over to have a party where it's really a business presentation. Like, have you ever been invited to one of these things where someone invites you to a party and next thing you know, you're, you, you know, there's a folding chair and a, and a, and a presentation and you're thinking, this is not my idea of a party. And there's, and, and they're pitching you on some kind of juice or, right. or protein formula that, you know, if you just join and sign up so many people. So that's not what we do. You know, what we do is we look for <clears throat> uh, accredited, and non-accredited but sophisticated investors. And these are some advanced topics. Uh, the people listening, you can Google these topics. 
but you're looking for qualified investors. And the best way to find these people are people that go to real estate events that are already, I mean, look, if I got to come up to a stranger and convince them that real estate is better than the stock market or their 401k, that's a tough sell if they don't have the right mindset that real estate's a great you know, way to build wealth. So you want to find people that already buy into real estate. And in my case, I want to find people that already buy into apartment real estate. So most of my students are getting their investors from the people they meet at my training events. And it sounds like a plug and a self-promotion, but it's true. I mean, the next right. training event, we're going to have like 600 people from all over the country and they're coming for one thing. They're coming to, you know, either learn or meet other apartment investors. And so it, it makes raising capital easy when you surround yourself with people that are already bought into that thing that you want to do. And that, you know, so whether it's, whether you're raising money for any type of asset class, you know, whatever it is, the best thing is if you could find people that, that already want to invest in that type of asset class. Right. And I'm, I'm perfectly fine with the, the self promotion there. Cause I think you have a great product. I know, I personally know multiple people that have attended your events and it's changed their lives. And I, I've seen them go from struggling to be a single family real estate investor to now they're borderline thriving as a multifamily investor, which is kind of the the dream as an investor. You know, you, you skip the whole single family realm and just now you're you're flourishing in the multifamily realm. So I, I, I love your product. I love your training program. One of my question would be, so yeah, there's going to be 600 people at your training event and they're all there, but is there a way, is there a, a back system where they still can stay connected where, you know, further down the road when they're actually doing deals and they're not at the training seminar itself that they can stay connected and present deals to each other? Well, well, of course there is. And like, you know, anybody that does a weekend training, uh, I don't like the word boot camp, but a lot of people know what that means. And the first thing I, I just want to say about that is anyone that promises that you're going to learn everything you need to know in a weekend. Well, I mean, look, I have an engineering degree. It took me four years. You know, and I was on the fast track because a lot of people it took five or six years to graduate, you know. Right. <laughs> and, you know, it took me two years to get an MBA. My brother's a doctor and that took him you know, medical school and residency and all this stuff. So you can't learn everything you need to know about anything in the weekend. So of course there's gonna be, you know, ongoing programs for people that want more education, more handholding, more connection. And that and that's how people were raising money. And so, you know, the type of you know, this is an advanced topic that I'm gonna mention, but when you syndicate a deal, um, which is pulling money together from other people, you got to decide as the syndicator what type of syndication you're going to do. And, and typically we're doing a Reg D 506B, which means that we're exempt from having to register our security. And it also means that we should have pre-existing relationships with our investors and we can't do general advertising. And so we can only offer the deals to people that we already have a relationship with. And so that's, you know, part of the process is to build relationships before you find the deals with qualified investors so that when you have a deal, you already have a database of investors that are qualified. Um, I've heard a lot of people say, oh, if you find a good deal, the money will come. But 
I mean, look, if you find a deal and then you're pitching it to people you've never met before, well, that's prohibited if you're doing a 506B type of syndication. A lot of people just don't know that. Right. So there's a lot of people that, you know, just like if you're speeding and, well, you don't get caught, but there's a lot of people that that don't know what they don't know and they're they're pitching deals to people and they're not they're probably don't some of these people don't even have a securities attorney advising them so that's that's a definite no-no gotcha so let's let's talk about the specific event itself where is it held how much does it cost and and how long does the the training actually last yeah so our upcoming training is november 10th and 11th uh this 2018 so if you're listening to this podcast it's a week, like a week from from uh you know nine days from now right and i do these three times a year so i do them in march july and november but so all of the weekend trainings we do are in dallas texas so that's sorry november 10th and 11th i'm not sure if i said that as dates right but it's november 10th and 11th it's in dallas texas it's a couple hundred bucks depending on your seating that you want if you want the vip seat it's I don't know, like three or 400 bucks. And if you want the general admission seat, it's, you know, two or 300 bucks. I don't know what's on our website right now, but that's how you, um, that's, that's what you do. And, and um, I teach the whole event. So this is not, you know, a multi-speaker event. And I also see there's so many people that do these events where they have like 20 guest speakers in the weekend. Well, if you have 10 or 20 guest speakers, each person is just teasing you for 20 minutes. And I hate to say it that way, but like <laughs> for me, when I go to these multi-speaker events and there's 20 speakers in a weekend, I, I get ideas, but I don't get anything deep. It's like I can maybe get a couple nuggets from each speaker. But the reason our events are different is because I teach the entire 16 hours and it allows me to go deep. So I, I, I cover you know 16 hours of multifamily, including a bus tour where we actually take the time to put hundreds of people on, you know, 56 passenger buses. And we look at three properties in Dallas, two are owned by students that I've coached and one is owned by me. And so you'll get to see not only the classroom, but you'll get to see a B class and a C class property. And you'll get to point out and, and see with your own eyes, you know, the improvements that we're making and the paint and the solar screens and the cedar balconies and the amenities. And so we combine, you know, some classroom theory and numbers with some field training. And, and to me, there's no other educational event in multifamily like it. Well, I would agree with, with that. But I have a question, Brad, because, you know, I'm, I'm here local in Dallas-Fort Worth. Me and you have been friends on Facebook for several years now. And I always see every time you have one of these events, I see all the posts on Facebook, either by the people that are attending or and yourself. And uh, so this is a, not a, a serious question. This is more of a joking question. But I, I do wonder this. You share these pictures, and there's hundreds of people standing in the parking lot of these apartment complexes. Do you ever get some tenants that are like, they walk out their door, and they're like, whoa, what the hell's going on here? Like, who are all these people standing in my, my parking lot? I've always wondered that. I mean, there's just so many people at your events. Does it ever kind of freak out the the tenants at all? Uh, of course it does. <laughs> it, it, it's kind of funny because we've had like in, in the brokers too. Like when we started our program, the brokers were like, you know, we had one bus and they were like, don't you dare take your bus on my listing. You know, don't <laughs> disturb the property. 
Well, now we get calls. Brad, could you please take your 200 people caravan to my listing? Because they know that, you know, maybe one of these people out of 200 are going to buy their deal. So like that dynamic has changed um, from like, please don't come to please come. Okay. And, but from the tenants, it's interesting because we'll have like cameras and, you know, it looks like a TV crew and microphones and speakers. It's a big production. And some of the tenants will come out. Most of them are curious because they're like, what the hell's going on? You know, like what's going on here? They think it's like a movie or something. So we usually get a lot of bystanders and most people don't say anything, but we do get some people to come over and ask questions. Hey, what is this? You know, what are you guys doing? And we get some, you know, detractors. I mean, we have people that, you know, a lot of the properties that I buy and my students buy, we'll put in these solar screens. So when the window is open, but you can't see who's behind the solar screen because it's like a dark tent. Right. And we've had people yell at them like, get the hell out of here. What are you doing here? <laughs> yeah, shut up. You know, so we've had some of that. It's kind of funny. Everybody just laughs. We've had people like, you know, give us dirty looks, you know, driving through the parking lot when they had to navigate their way through a couple hundred people standing in a parking lot or whatever. But I mean, very minimal, like in the six years that we've done this, we've only had like three or four people that have disappeared and we've never found them again. But outside of that, I'm kidding about that, by the way, we've never lost anybody. (laughs) Uh, So yeah, outside of that, I mean, it's been a very, very, you know, overall, I mean, we haven't had any, you know, really negative encounters. Right. Well, I'm going to say this, and it's probably going to be the cool story whenever it does happen. I'm going to wait for the time to where there's going to be someone that's living in the apartment complex that you're showing, and they're going to come down, and they're going to hear what you're saying and talking about, and eventually join your program, and then be one of the best testimonials ever when they when they become a successful multifamily investor. I'm going to speak that into existence. Um, I, I can't wait to hear that happening, because... I mean, it is it is a, a full on production, and there's and as the years have gone by, I mean, I remember back when you first got well, I, I guess probably not got started, but back when I first started noticing this, um, you would have like 150 or 200 people, and now you're saying there's going to be 600 people. I mean, that's crazy that it's grown to the size that it's grown over the past couple of years, and uh, it's a, it's a testament uh, to your program and to your training. With that being said. Why has this been such an important part of your business and and why is what is your driving force behind doing this for other people? Well, for me, it's pretty simple. You know, I don't have kids. When I got into this whole business, I was never extremely passionate about, you know, buying any type of real estate. I just wanted to quit my job and replace my income. And apartments were that vehicle for me. So. Don't get me wrong. I love investing in apartments, but I love even more what investing in apartments has done for me and my lifestyle and my family. And now for the people that are close to me and my team and my students and the charities that we're involved with. So it's made, you know, not only a huge difference on my life, but on other people's lives. So for me, like I said, it's simple. I'll never forget the way I felt when I was in my early 30s getting laid off and not having certainty about my future, feeling insecure, you know, where is my, you know, what's going to happen to me in five years? You know, is this next job going to pan out? Am I going to move up? Am I going to get fired? Like how, 
you know, should I buy a house? You know, should I buy a car? Like, you know, what's going to happen to me if, if I don't have the money to live the life that I want to live? And all that changed within, you know, a few short years of making a decision to be an apartment investor. So that's my why is it had such a profound impact on my life. And that's why I've dedicated, you know, most of my professional life, if not my personal life as well, to our education program, because it's, you know, I love buying the deals. But for me, I, I feel like I just have a gift to make something that some people think is complicated, like buying an apartment building. And I feel like I could, you know, break it down into, into steps that, you know, the average person could, and when I say the average person, I mean the average overachiever, right? Because we're all, you know, the average person ain't going to be listening to your podcast. The average right. person ain't going to come to a seminar. The average person, you know, goes to work and goes home and puts on the TV and watches football or baseball or whatever the next sports season is. So I'm not talking about that person. And, and even that person can do it, but they don't have the drive. So I'm talking about the average driven person that wants to change their life and improve it for the better and get out of the rat race. They can do they can they can do it because right. I did it and we've helped so many other people. And now I say we because we got a team of 14 people. So, you know, the average driven person uh, is is why I do this now, because, you know, that was me. You know, right. I was I was an average driven person that, that wanted something different and was willing to make a change. And I want to be available for those people. I love it. So my last question for you is, is I think it was probably right around a year ago, maybe a little bit less. Um, you did a post and, and this is kind of getting into your private life a little bit, but it, you put it out there on social media. So I feel like it's it's OK for me to share. But you now rent your your personal home or residence here in Dallas Fort Worth compared to owning it and you were very passionate about how as an investor that made financial sense for you and I think this is a hot topic between especially amongst real estate investors on whether or not they should own their personal home or residence or if they should rent why do you feel like it's better to rent that residence than own it well, I'm going to answer that, but again, none of my answers are really short, but just just 100% disclosure, I own a house in Florida, um, and, and, and I bought that house in 2015, and prior to that, you know, I haven't owned a house for 10 years, and so, you know, since I became, as, as I, get, I became more successful investing in apartments, you know, to me, buying a house is more of an emotional investment. So, you know, the house we own in Florida, it's on the beach. I've always wanted the beach house, you know, and so we we do own this house. But I will say that, like you pointed out, we rent we rent an A-plus luxury penthouse apartment in Dallas. You know, we pay a lot more than probably a mortgage payment would, would run us. Um, but here's the thing. When you rent... Okay, even from, from a financial perspective, you don't have to put 20% down. Okay, you can right. move in with one month, you know, most of the time you can move in and, and you pay your first month's rent and you can move in. So you don't have to save a bunch of money. And let, let's say you're going to buy like a $500,000 house. Well, so many young couples out there are saving for that 20% down payment. And rather than taking that 100000 and putting it into a down payment, with a house 
that doesn't make you any money. And we've all heard this, you know, Robert Kiyosaki would actually call a house a liability because it takes money out of your pocket. So you could actually rent an apartment for 2000 a month or 3000 a month and have a damn good apartment, you know, you know, two bedroom, two bath, you know, a class property, you know, in a nice part of town. And you could take that hundred thousand and start investing. So, you know, for me, when when people were saying, well, I'm saving the money to buy a house and then I'm going to buy a car with cash. I mean, I lease my cars. You know, I we have this one house and, you know, my wife and I are tempted. You know, we, we were like, oh, we should own a house in Colorado. We should own a house, you know, everywhere we travel. We just got back from Dubai and we're like, oh, we should buy something there. And you know what? No, we're just going to rent something there. It's like, you know, why would I buy a house when I could rent it? And then I can rent it. I can rent a, a different one every time, and I can rent something brand new. And you know, owning a home, you're you're experiencing wear and tear, and then you got to maintain it. And it's like, you know, our Florida house. I mean, I love it, but I just went out and could you believe? I just bought like a weed trimmer. I bought a hedge trimmer. I bought a leaf blower, and I'm <laughs> sitting here thinking, I do not want to be spending my weekends at freaking Home Depot and Lowe's. Right. You know, I want to have a lock and leave lifestyle. So a lot of it for us is a lifestyle choice. I mean, when we come into Dallas, we're coming in there to run our business. And I don't want to be going to a home and dealing with, you know, a handyman and a landscaper or doing this or even worse, doing this stuff myself. So for me, it's just it's so simple. It's, you know, when I I don't when I when I go to move out, I don't have to say, well, you know, what's. What's, you know, how much equity is there in my home? Are we in an up market or down market? You know, if I sell and I pay a realtor a fee, am I going to be upside down in my house? I mean, so to avoid all that hassle, it's so much simpler renting. And there's a stigma in our society about people who rent. It's almost like, you know, the American dream that we've all been brainwashed with is you got to own a home and you got to raise your kids in a house and you have to have a yard and a playground. Well, Look, I don't have kids. So, you know, for people to do, I'm not attacking anybody for people to choose to own a home. It's an emotional investment, but I don't think it's a financial one. And certainly if you're trying to scrape up savings for a down payment, I would say put that into your real estate investments. And then when you made a couple million dollars and I hate to say like me and my wife, then go buy your dream house on a beach or in in the mountains or whatever. And that's fine. I got you. So, my my feedback on that would be is I agree with everything you said except for when you are a single family investor like myself, I have found ways to take properties down without utilizing the twenty percent down. But so the money that I have, I'm still able to invest it into real estate just through other means, and and that's kind of the way I combat that a little bit is I'm still paying less on properties. You know, for example, on my personal home, I was able to take it down subject to the existing mortgage. And so I captured quite a bit of equity there. Um, But for the most part, I agree with your points there. And uh, I just kind of wanted to go over that topic because I've seen that that discussion uh, be pretty heated amongst real estate investors across the board. Well, well, let me ask you about that, because I agree with what you're saying. But, you know, most people that are buying a house they're not looking at it as an investment. They're looking at it as like, right. hey, this is where I'm going to raise my family. So, I mean, I guess, I don't know, because I, I, I could be totally misinformed here, but 
you know, most people when they're buying a house, are they looking at, okay, I got to get a good deal and buy a subject too. And I'm going to, you know, and they, and that probably makes some sense. You know, yeah, for me, it was totally an investment and, and it just, it worked out where it was like, I was taking down the property as an investor, no matter what. And we were going to keep it as a rental property. And I just said, you know what, this fits my family. You know, I mean, we could move in here. It's close to the office. It would be an upgrade from where I'm currently living. Um, and we're, ca- we're going to capture quite a bit of equity. And maybe we could also roll that equity and, and take out a, a line of credit on that equity. Or even eventually, after a couple of years, sell the property, roll that into a different investment of, of sorts. So that's kind of how we thought about it. But for the most part, like I said, I agree with everything that you're saying there. Um, I've never once bought a property and put 20% down. Um so that's just not something in, in my wheelhouse um, or something I would ever personally do because I agree. Like you said, it's yeah. an emotional decision, and that, that's just not how my brain is, has been trained. So um, anyways, Brad, uh, thank you so much. For, for everyone who's listening and they're interested in contacting you or finding out more about your training program, what's the best way they can find out more information? Well, it's real simple. You just Google Brad Sumrock and it's S-U-M-R-O-K with no C. That's my website, bradsumrock.com. It's my Facebook page, Brad Sumrock. It's my Instagram page. So all those ways, you'll be able to find out more information about me and uh, what I do and, um, you know, how you might be able to be uh, a part of it. Awesome, Brad. Thank you for taking the time to sit down with us. I know you're an extremely busy person. And also, uh, I want to give a shout out to Brad. He was very kind in supporting our charity golf tournament uh, on October 2nd this, this past month. Um, he w- he sponsored, uh, 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 I guess the best way to put it was the Par 5 Cannon. Um, it was really cool. Um, it, it's everybody on the tee box. You get to put your golf ball in there and you shoot it out of like a potato, uh, air gun. And, uh, it was, it was a great time. Uh, all the proceeds for that golf tournament went to my nonprofit beat kids cancer. And so on, on air, Brad, I wanted to personally thank you, uh, for your sponsorship and supporting beat kids cancer. Well, you're welcome. It was a pleasure. I mean, we love, we love sponsoring charities and we do one, you know, that we're really passionate about as well. And any, anything that we can get involved with um, that makes sense for us and we could staff it, you know, we're, we're interested. So thanks for allowing us to be there. Awesome, Brad. Thank you, buddy. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right. Thank you very much for having me on. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to the Titanium Vault with your host, R.J. Bates III. For more info and to stay up to date, visit www.podcast.thetitaniumvault.com and on facebook.com slash thetitaniumvault. If you enjoyed the episode, please rate and review, and we'll catch you next time on the Titanium Vault. Titanium Vault.